of prayer. Um, but I'll be looking at it from the context of uh, Genesis. Uh, I've been studying Genesis this year. Uh, so what I wanted to do in the beginning of the year was read the whole Bible. You know that program of reading the whole Bible in a year? Uh, I'm stuck in Genesis. <laughs> so I've not managed to move past Genesis. It was not because I was wanting to study Genesis. It was just out of sheer lack of time. I'm also human. Forgive me. Um, I hope that uh, you do enjoy going through the whole Bible. It's, uh, it's, it's an incredible uh, way to just study God's Word. But yeah, I got stuck in Genesis, uh, and then I decided to say, you know, I might as well just study Genesis. And, and that was me for the rest of this year. So today we'll be reading from Genesis chapter 20. But before I get to Genesis chapter 20, I would also like to read from James uh, chapter 5. In James chapter 5, it says, uh, let me read from verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's interesting that he says the effective. It's already given an adjective to this type of prayer. Uh, effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Are you righteous today? Are you a righteous man and woman? Um, your prayer, scripture says here, that it will be effective. It can avail much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. It's a very uh, interesting passage there where James is saying that we can pray like Elijah. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of a righteous man. When we read in Hebrews 11, we see there that uh, he that comes to God must believe that he is and he is that rewarder of those who diligently seek in the Lord. So the whole context of Hebrews 11 there is a chapter on faith. And there's this, this direct connection with faith and righteousness because it is when you believe that he is. When you read in Genesis 15, uh, this is when uh, Abraham uh, was, was speaking with God. Uh, God is answering all these worries of Abraham. 
because he's thinking that I've got all of these things, but I do not have anyone who's to inherit these things. And God says, you know what? It's not your servant who's going to inherit these things. You'll have an heir for yourself. You'll have a son. Yes, you may be old. Your wife may be old. But you will have a heir who will inherit... Is it an heir or a heir? English is so confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's an and heir. Anyway, um, you will have this son who will inherit your wealth, who will inherit... You don't need to worry that your servant... Uh, or you need to find someone else to inherit these things. And the Bible says, Abraham, it was Abraham at that time, believed God. He believed the word of God. He believed that which God said. Let's strongly believe that it's not so much about believing that God exists. So many people are theists. They believe that God exists. That there is God, you know, you... You can't look out in this beautiful creation, the complexity of just one thing. Take an eye. I mean, it's just incredible evidence and testimony of God's existence. But anyone can, can look at it and, and consider that, wow, there must be a creator. But do you believe the creator's words? Do you believe that the creator has spoken? And you believe him? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now God called him, this man is right with me. Why? Because he believed God's word. And that was righteousness. And Paul discusses it in uh, Romans, in Galatians, you can all read that. But he discusses all of that saying that, you know, hey, what, what Abraham was doing at the very beginning there was, he uh, was being prophetic about the very gospel, that this gospel will be based on faith in the Lord, not in our own uh, good works, uh, being perfect in our own efforts and obeying the law and all of that, but believing Him, believing God. And the question being, are you righteous today? Yes. If you believe Him, if you believe God's word, if you believe God's word, and therefore your prayers can indeed be effective. And, and, and Paul says, pray without ceasing. Ima imagine you have something effective. You have, you have something effective. Definitely if you have something effective, you've got to use it. You've got to work on it. You've got you to gotta apply it. You know, it's like having access to, uh, to a fund. You know, Maybe you inherit a fund from someone. Yeah. A rich grandfather or something. I don't know. But you, ha you have access to wealth. You've got access to something. You've got access to something so powerful, so effective, that it can let you live this life with... You, you are able to answer some needs. You know, you're able to pay some school fees. You're able to pay for your house. You, you're able to make your life uh, go well in, in a certain case. But you, you, you're not tapping into that resource. It's been given to you and you're like, ah, it's fine. I, I would like to just work by my own self. I can work it out. I don't need this, this, this inheritance. And this inheritance is, is given to us. But of course, for some time, it had to have a, a guardian. You know, Before you're of, of age, this inheritance would have someone who's looking after it for you. 
you know, like if, you know, my kids still young, but there comes a time where when they're older, they can have full access to it. You can read about that in Galatians. That the law was a guardian keeper. It was our guardian before we were of age. And once you become of age or once this uh, new covenant has been fulfilled, you now have access to it all. You have access to this great grace that we sing about today. This love of God, this, this wealth in Him, riches in Him is, is our great reward. This, this wealth we have in the cross, we can cling on Him. We have, we have access to the Lord. We, we, we don't need to go via any prophet. We don't need to go via any medium. We have direct access to the King of Kings. We have direct access to the Lord, the creator of this heaven and earth. We have, we have access to the creator of the universe. We have access to the sovereign Lord. I mean, I would speak like David and say, who am I to have access to such a great God, to such a sovereign Lord? To, like when, when you consider his greatness, when you consider his power, his majesty, his, his, his greatness, when you consider all of that, who, who am I? To have access to him, to, to can pray. And he can do something about it. Sometimes we think, it's like, but God, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner. I do this and that. I get things wrong. I lie. I steal. Unless you steal, huh? <laughs> um, I don't know when last I stole. You know, sometimes we steal uh, people's music online. You know? <laughs> You know, uh, we use VPN, you know. Anyway, I don't want to be legalistic. <laughs> um, let's read from Genesis chapter 20. Uh, I want to give an example of prayer from Abraham's life. Um, and perhaps we might even get into a bit of what Isaac did as well. In, in Genesis chapter 20, it says, and, Ab- and Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur. And he stayed in Gera. Now Abraham said to Sarah, his wife. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife. Wow. Small words can change the whole sentence. He did not say to Sarah. He said of Sarah, his wife. She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gera, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? I wonder why he considered himself righteous. Anyway, uh, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did you not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even, she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if 
you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all the servants, and told these things in their hearing, and the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? Have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done you have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in, in view that you have done these things? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. Okay, so he's trying to defend himself there a bit. It's a, it's a white lie, or, you know, whatever. It's something in between. She's my half-sister in a sense. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham and he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then, then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everyone. Thus she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children, for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Amen. Wow, it's so beautiful reading the word of God. Eh? Um, so in this story, I have a very simple idea that I would like to share, which is that we see here that Abimelech and Abraham were two men who Abimelech contends and says that he's innocent in this entire uh, story. And when you indeed look into it, God confirms that, okay, I know you did it in the integrity of your heart. You, you seem to be innocent. You did this in the integrity of your heart. However, you need to restore this man's wife. You need to restore this man's wife. In fact, if you do not restore, you shall surely die. But not only that, from the entire context, we learn here that already God had even closed up the wombs of, of his wife, of his female servants. They could not even bear children. Like God had really already brought judgment upon Abimelech's household, even though in the integrity of his heart, he was innocent. He considered himself innocent. Indeed, God said, I know you are innocent. But I like what we read at the very end, 
that it was Abraham, the guy who's technically the culprit in this entire story. Abraham lied. It's not, it's, like, it's not the first time he does this. We know he did it previously as well. It was his, you know, he's used to it. It's, it, it is a go-to uh, default sin that he, he won't, he, he'll try and protect himself. You know, those who try and save their lives will lose it. That's what Jesus says. And that's what Abraham was doing. He needed to protect himself because he doesn't know what these people will do to him. Therefore, he had to develop this lie or a white lie, if you want, that Sarah is his sister. But in this entire story, Abraham seems to me to be the culprit. He seems to me to be the guy in, at fault. He seems to me to be someone who has brought judgment upon someone's kingdom because of his own lies, because of his own doing. It was Abraham's doing that caused Abimelech and his household to be in trouble. It was Abraham's doing that caused Abimelech and, and his kingdom to be at this uh, state where the God of the heavens has to come and bring judgment upon them. You know, it's the fear of the Lord here because, can you imagine? Like, you, you did nothing wrong. <laughs> you did everything in the innocence of, of your own heart, in, in the integrity of your own heart, but because it was still wrong, but because you were still having in possession a prophet's wife, you were in trouble. And there was no blessing, there was no fruitfulness in, in, in this family because of Abraham's wife. But Abraham is a culprit. He's the one who's in the wrong here. I mean, when Abraham is now, uh, when Abimelech is now talking to Abraham, that why, why did you do this? Why did you lie? Why did you, why, why, why did you assume that that my people will bring harm to you. You know, sometimes we, we assume things. We assume that that person is not going to do me good and we make up our own uh, decisions without even really finding out the truth. It's quite important to, to be people who, who come to truth and know exactly, okay, if I tell Joe this thing, this matter, how will he react? Ah, no, I know what Joe will do. He'll probably uh, kick me out of church. And I, I know what Joe will do. No. Just trust the Lord. Say what needs to be said. And you might be surprised. Perhaps he might love you. Perhaps he might pray with you. So sometimes we make these assumptions in our own hearts of what um, other people might do. That's not even part of my, my preach today. I don't know why I'm going there, but... But, but that's quite important for us to, to not have uh, wrong assumptions or false assumptions about other people. Rather, let them prove it while you trust God. If them proving it that indeed they were going to kill you and you die, well, glory to God. To die is gain. Right? Like, we, we don't need to save ourselves and, uh, and, and have these wrong assumptions in terms of how people will respond. It's always good to allow... You know, God can use you powerfully as you continue to, to obey him. A good example is with regards to making disciples or uh, sharing this gospel, evangelizing. How many assumptions do you often have? That, ah, this person will come with these arguments. This person will do this, they'll do that. 
oh, I don't want to be in that situation. So many testimonies are missing in church because we just don't want to try it out anyway and be surprised how the entire uh, story will pan out. You'll be, you'll be surprised. Just yesterday, uh, one guy comes to my car, he's asking for money. I'm having a conversation with him. I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell this guy about God. He left in tears. A, a grown man, he left my car with, with tears flowing his cheeks because of the love of God just overwhelming him. But we make our assumptions like, nah, it's fine, just, just go. No, try it out. Say something to someone. We should not have assumptions. But anyway, let me get back to my preach. Abraham prayed to God. A man who was at fault prayed to God. A man who was the culprit in this situation prayed to God. And sometimes you wake up in the morning like, yo, last night was, or this weekend was not a good weekend. I did this, I did that. If you have faith in the Lord, I want to tell you that it does not matter whether you might have made a mistake here and there. It does not matter whether you committed a sin. Just like Abraham, you are also able to pray to God. So sometimes we hold ourselves back to access this wealth, this wealth of a prayer of a righteous man and woman being effective to avail much. Like, ah, I can't pray today. I feel, feel so lousy. I, I did so many bad things. I shouted to my wife and no, I can't pray today. No. Even at fault, you can pray to God. Even when you're, you're making mistakes here and there, you can pray to God. And your prayer will still be effective. Why? Because you have got faith in the Lord. Because you have come into, into faith, uh, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've made Him your Lord and Savior. You've committed your life to God. You're a Christian. You're born again. That alone is what makes your prayer effective. Not a sin here and there that you may uh, commit. You might be feeling guilty about something. Your prayer is still effective. It is you who must pray for Abimelech because it is you who is a child of God. Abimelech does not know the Lord. Abimelech is in fact in trouble and he's going to be healed through your prayer. Abimelech is being healed through the prayer of Abraham, the man who was at fault. The man who after Abimelech is like, hey, why did you do this to me? And now he's trying to make up stories. It's because I do it like this. And uh, actually, it's not really a lie. It's, you know, she's actually my sister. No, that man was at fault, but he was still able to pray. And this prayer, we read here that, and God healed. God healed Abimelech and his family. God healed, and, and now they are fruitful. When a Christian who's not perfect prays, that prayer is still effective. When a Christian who might have been at fault like Abraham, when you pray, your prayer is still effective. Sometimes we're waiting for ourselves to be uh, perfect. Like, yo, I, I need to make sure that I read my Bible the whole week. I need to make... No, guys, you can pray. Your prayer is effective because you believe God. Because you've got faith in the Lord. That's what makes your prayer effective. Elijah was a man. We read in, in James. Elijah was a man. He was a human being. Just like you and I. What does that mean? Well, it means that he was a human being. He might have had many faults. But he prayed and he did not reign for three and a half years. 
For three and a half years, he prayed. It did not rain. And then he prayed again. Then it began to rain. That was Elijah. I don't know if we read about his faults, but I think he, he was a human being. James is saying he was, he, was, he was a mere man in other versions. Just like me. Oh, he was just like me. But God, are you sure? Because yo, I'm, I've got trouble, you know. I get things wrong, you know. But it's not about that. It's about whether you have your faith in the Lord Jesus. Of course, it is James who says that faith without works is dead. Uh, and I hope that I'm clear here that it's not about being uh, in, in a life of sin. <laughs> it's about having faith in the Lord. And of course, that faith as you live it out would have uh, good fruit. It would have good works because you're living out a life of faith in the Lord. And he's the one who's guiding you, nudging you, pushing you, uh, empowering you, giving you Holy Spirit. And then you're able to pray effective prayer. It's a very simple uh, message there about Abraham. That Abraham prayed and God healed Abimelech. Even though Abraham was the one who was in, in the wrong. And I mentioned that I would also like to speak of of uh, Ishmael, maybe just in closing and in passing, that uh, Isaac rather, they say Ishmael. Huh. I don't remember Ishmael praying, uh, but I'm sure he might have prayed. But Isaac, Isaac, uh, we know that uh, Isaac marries Rebecca. It's a beautiful story of how Abraham's servant finds Rebecca. And once they're married, we read in Genesis 25 that Isaac prayed for his wife. Isaac prayed for his wife. And because she was barren, right? And after he prayed, well, that's when uh, the twins came about, uh, Jacob and Esau. But what I want to mention, which I found to be a very interesting observation, is that God had this covenant with Abraham promising him that he would be a father of many nations, a great nation, and be able to count stars in the sky, sand in the sea, or on the beach, or something like that. Like, Abraham is supposed to have this great nation, right? And yet he's old. His, his wife is old. And we know about the miracle uh, birth of, of Isaac uh, after, I think Sarah was, was quite old, close to 99, if not 99. And then Isaac, by default, by, by, by rules of logic, by default, even though Isaac is at his prime, right? By default, Isaac should have children. How would God's covenant with Abraham be fulfilled if Isaac doesn't have children? Okay. Why is Rebekah barren? Because we see how in that entire story of his marriage, we can clearly see that Rebecca was, uh, it was God who led that whole entire thing for Rebecca to be Isaac's wife. I mean, the, the, the provision was just incredible. You can just see that this is God's will. You know, the, the, the servant prayed, if, if she comes and she, she, she gives me water, then she gives water to my camels and all of that. He prayed, his, his way was, was he, he walked with the favor of the Lord. God provided, he answered prayer. So Rebecca was an answered prayer, if I can put it like that. But yet, she's barren. And yet, 
they must have kids. Because that is exactly God's covenant with Abraham. So, like God, but why, why would she come back? And why, why, would, why would you now answer Isaac's prayer that, okay, we are reading here that God had and responded to Isaac's prayer. My encouragement here is the fact that we can pray even when we're in God's will. And sometimes we, we assume that, no, this thing looks like this is God's will. Let's just go on and trust God will continue unfolding this thing for us. It's God's will, but you've got to pray. You've got to partner with God in prayer. You've got to continue being in prayer. Just because there's a covenant that Abraham must be a big nation and God is clearly giving Rebecca as a wife to Isaac. And by default, it goes without saying, by default, these two must have kids. It, it, it should be by default. They should not even pray about it. They should just wait for it to happen. I wonder how long they would have waited. <laughs> Isaac had to pray. I want to encourage someone today that even if you may be walking in what is God's path for your life, Continue in prayer. Pray without ceasing. We read in uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, at the very end of uh, Paul's letter. We pray not because we, we, we're trying to, to, to twist God's will, not because we're trying to, to, to have God do stuff which may be outside of His will, but even when we're in His will, we continue in prayer. And that prayer does avail much. Someone's like, ah, but he was going to do it anyway. It was not. God responded to that prayer. And I find it just incredible that we might sometimes even miss God's will because we are not saying to him, let it be done in our lives. May your will be done in our lives. I'm just thinking of uh, Jesus' uh, the Lord's Prayer. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Why would Jesus teach us to pray? May your will be done. Find it incredible. To see if God is saying that He's giving us some form of permission to permit Him to do something. I don't even understand that. But that means that we should pray. That there's something important about us continuing in prayer, even if we're in God's will. We don't just wait for it to happen naturally. That, ah, no, this is God's will. God, your will will be done. You want us to have kids. We will just continue by default. No, we don't continue by default. We pray. We pray, we pray, we pray. Why? Because our prayers will avail much. They are effective. Why? Because we are righteous. If you're not righteous today, please stand up. I'd like to invite you into righteousness. <laughs> that simply means if you've not put your faith in the Lord you're all righteous as you sit here doesn't matter what mistakes you did yesterday doesn't matter what whatever you might have done I don't know but your prayer is effective you have something effective in you you have something effective in you which is why I don't know if this was my strategy or not uh, if it is and it's because I'm not a perfect person, but I'm, I'm sharing about this 
while inviting you to pray for me. <laughs> to say that your prayer for us as we go into this church plant is effective. And we would really love it if you pray for us. We really love it because you are, you are Christians, you love the Lord, and you have your faith in the Lord, and your prayer will indeed avail much, and it will be effective. And uh, I'm going to share two prayer requests, uh, if I may. Uh, so the, the one is that, uh, you know, the name of the church, I never shared the name of the church. The name of the church is Acts Bible Church. So that's abbreviation ABC, Acts Bible Church. And uh, part of the vision is about Acts being, you know, as you read in Acts of the Apostles, just the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, the Pentecost uh, coming into the life of the church. And Bible church is that we, we want to remain Bible-based. <laughs> want to remain Bible-based. So you don't want to steer off in one direction and forget being Bible-based. And uh, my first prayer request is really that, for us to be uh, a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, where the power of the Spirit is, is there, or you can see lives touched, not because of Rusani, but because of the Spirit of God is in the place. And, um, and yeah, for us to continue being faithful and being Bible-based. So this is a prayer request based on the name of the church. Um, and the second prayer request is just around the area we're in uh, for us to, to be received by the community. Um, as uh, they see us there, they come, visit, uh, I already yesterday managed to speak with uh, our neighbor, and I'm excited because they are not Christians. <laughs> so there's room for them to, to, to be ministered to, and I'm, I'm praying and trusting God that indeed uh, they'll be drawn to say, yeah, let me go visit this church. But I would, I would of course, love to continue knocking on their door. Uh, but just to pray for the community to receive us uh, as we continue uh, going to different neighbors and community around um, and then lastly praying for finances uh, I was busy sharing with uh, one partner that we'll be planting together that this one is an odd prayer request but I feel it's important because sometimes we may think like we can depend on our own selves that ah, you know what we can fund the church we are working and all of that but no we want God to provide let it be him providing and not us doing it in our own strength so those are the three prayer requests that I have in my heart for now. And um, yeah, I believe that you can all pray for us because the prayer of a righteous man and woman avails much. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm done with my preach and now I'm ready to receive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lusani. As a church, I'm going to invite us to maybe come and let's lay our hands on this family and, and pray for them uh, along those three uh, prayer requests. Um, if you're comfortable, come. Let's, let's pray for them and uh, let, let, our, let our prayers uh, be heard by the King of Kings. Even though we believe, he, they believe they're in God's will, as you said, as Usani encouraged us this morning, we need to confirm, we need to together pray pray for them so can i invite if you're happy but please come up others you can just stretch your hands from wherever you are and we're gonna pray if that's okay
I'm going to kick it off and then uh, as the Spirit of God leads you, please feel free to pray. But Father, thank you for this couple. Thank you, God, that your word is clear. That before they were um, conceived, Father, you had them in your mind. Father, and they have come to a place, Father, where the, the journey continues, God. You have uh, laid upon their hearts, Father, to go plant a lampstand in this area of Kempton Park, Father. We thank you, Lord, that it is you who has gone ahead. It is you who has prepared the good work that's going to walk into God. But together as a church family, Father, we come to you and we ask you, God, to be with them, Father. When it gets lonely, as it were, when it gets uh, confusing, as it, as it might get to, Lord, I ask, Father, that you bring clarity, Father, that you bring encouragement to them this, um, as they move forward, Father. And as they walk into in, in this thing of faith, Father, Father, won't you richly bless them, richly um, bless their, their um, obedience to your call, God. And as that all unfolds, Father, may you receive the glory that is due to your most holy name. You are on the throne and we're so grateful for that, Father. So we pray a blessing over them. We pray, Lord, for the logistics of this plant, Lord. That it would not um, uh, be so seemingly so difficult, God, but it would work together, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Have your way, I pray. Yeah. Have your way. Please pray if you feel led to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your way.